Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Perry Crowell, Perry Bowl collegiately at Midland University. Perry, it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you very much. I'm uh, happy to be a part of this. All right. Well, you bowl collegiately at Midland University. I want to begin with something. I, I went back and did some research on you, and, and you had said, kind of looking back on your experience after bowling there, that you weren't sure if you were ready to make the big leap and, and go away to college and bowl collegiately. We do these shows, and we have a lot of people that are, frankly, in your shoes as well. They're thinking, maybe I, I don't, I'm not comfortable moving away. What advice would you have for them, and, and maybe help them with some of their, um, put a, you know, help them with their anxieties, and maybe some of their thoughts as far as moving away from home for the first time if you're from that small town or moving to an area that maybe you haven't been to before. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, growing up, I was in a small town, about 8,000 people, and a community about 25,000. You know, my parents owned a bowling center in Washington State. And, you know, when you're uh, – I actually went two years of uh, junior junior college before I went out to Midland um, to finish my degree. But, um, you know, it, it's a, it's definitely scary at first. But, um, you know, I, I've definitely matured a lot faster, you know, making that jump um, – and I gotta admit, though it's it's the one of the best things I've ever done for my entire life. Um, you know, being from Washington State, going to Nebraska, now living in Michigan. Um, you know, like the college bowling experience. I have so many friends um, around this country now. Everywhere I go, I you know I try to meet up with somebody at some point that I've um, you know had those connections with through college bowling. Like I met Kendall through college bowling. I've um, you know been around um, you know so many so many great people and made so many great connections by doing it and and it's definitely it's a little scary at first but once you get your feet wet I mean it's it's something that you'll never ever forget so you kind of touched on it before about you know kind of going to community college and then going to Midland but you know what if, it's kind of a two-part question first what kind of got you interested as far as like hey you know what I want to bowl in college and then what was your route to eventually kind of finding Midland how they pick your interest and like what eventually made you kind of sign those papers. So, um, you know, I actually was very fortunate to have some connections, um, with, with JJ, um, at Midland university through Justin Kostick, who was the, uh, head, who, who is the head coach at, um, Arkansas state university. Uh, he's from Washington. So, you know, I knew him through college bowling, Justin bowled collegiately at Nebraska, um, JJ then bowled at university, of Nebraska, Omaha. So they knew each other. And it was a new program that kind of, you know, kind of peaked up. And obviously, you you see college bowling on TV. You know the Wichita States. You know, you know the, the Fresno States. You know all those programs that were, you know, that were big at that time. And then you know you look at it and like that's a brand new program. Let's go start something. Um, so that you know being a brand new program. You know, my first year there was the second year of the program itself. Um, you know, so it was something to go out there and hey, let's go, let's go. You know, try to you know, put this, put the school on the map. And, and, you know, fortunately there's a lot of us that kind of came in that first year or second year and, and, uh, you know, was able to do it. So, I mean, I think more or less just they have the connections, um, through, uh, you know, a mutual friends, um, and then being able to go out and actually, you know, uh, you know, have a new program and, and, 
go out there and, and compete and try to put that school on the map was definitely something that piqued my interest to go to Midland. And looking back, you have some, you know, runner-up finishes in your um, your final year there at, at uh, while well, you were bowling in college and such, and you bowled on Team USA. What are some of the more memorable moments? What's a memorable moment from that 2014 team that looked like a, a very special year for you guys and on a, on a team level and then even as an individual for you? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, you know we won a lot that we that year. You know, we went out to uh, you know a couple couple tournaments that come to mind was uh, the collegiate shootout, which was uh, you know in Vegas with the match play portion of things. Um, you know, it's uh, we had like the pot of four. We didn't lose any 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 matches. We won every match there. You know, they have the bonus pins that comes with that. So we went out there as a team, competed in that. We won that. Um, you know, runner-up runner finish with NAI, you know, um, you know, tournament self there. We threw some some shots against Weber there at the end to to seal, you know, go out and bowl against the, you know, well, probably one of the best teams in the country or even in the of all time with the Robert Morris guys with Marshall and Cameron and Matt Gaston and all those guys. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. And then obviously to kind of cap it off there, um, bowling I, I, ISCs um, in the you know ultimately you know bowling Chris Vi. Who it was ironic that we talked about in 2020. We first bowled each other on the U.S. Open show. Um, you know, this was both our first times back on back on TV. Um, you know, bowling against each other, so it's kind of cool. But then, obviously, ultimately losing to a um, a very good player in, in, in Frankie um, Lavoie. So, you know, it's one of those where looking back on it, it was a lot of good years. I still go back and every once in a while watch an old. Uh, you know, YouTube clip of, of Midland University and that in kind of, you know, recapping some some fun times. Yeah, you're totally right there. There were definitely some great times. It seemed like ages ago, but definitely good times. Um, you know, so I had the pleasure of, of bowling, you know, with you and next to you for those 40 years, Barry, and it just seemed like you just kind of got it faster than most kids and most than most competitors. You kind of understood the ball motion. You understood what it meant to bowl on the team. You understood, you know, what it meant to really be a champion. And eventually, like I said, in the bowling on TV and bowl at the highest level, you know, what kind of led to you just, you know, whether it was something with you, you or you just, what led to you really finding success so, and so long in college bowling? Yeah, I mean, I, I think growing up, you know, um, in Washington State, the Northwest in general, I don't think gets the respect that it deserves when it comes to bowling um, on a on a on a you know on a level like that. You know, I grew up like Dean Richards, he was up there. Uh, you know, Marshall Kent grew up bowling with him. Cameron Weir, Jordan Plunkett, Tyler Cruz. There's a lot of good players that came out of the Northwest that no one really knew about because we we're kind of up, you know, hidden in a little corner in the Northwest. But, you know, we we've all, we were so competitive, um, you know, within the region itself. We, you know, bowling against each other at all times, going bowling tournaments like the, the team challenge stuff in Vegas, um, you know, as youth. Um, you know, having having that, you know, the competitive um, advantages there, but also then also having the resources there, too, with, with our uh, JBTs. Um, you know, we would bowl on sport conditions. We would bowl on different things. You know, there was always something to do, um, you know, in terms of bowling on conditions that most people don't get the opportunity to because there was a lot of bowlers up there, you know, that really wanted to grow the sport of bowling. And, and um, you know, I've been very fortunate to get exposure to sport patterns probably sooner than, than most people. And, you know, being able to go out and do that. And plus, we also had Swiss tournaments, which is kind of an uh, – 
more or less like the thing you see, you know, at the um, in the Northwest itself, where it's a Peterson point system, where everything's positioned around, it's heads up every game. So you start to build on team chemistry as well, you know, being able to, hey, let's break the lanes down. What are you seeing? Hey, you know, I think you'd make this move here. Be able to communicate that, which also then kind of trans, you know, transforms into the collegiate aspects of being able to know how to communicate being able to be there for each other, pick somebody up when needed, and also then also looking forward to your teammates to also pick you up as well. And you know, everything kind of transpired from that. So my youth bowling career um, definitely was the big stepping stone, you know, with JBT, Swiss tournaments, all that kind of stuff, plus having the legit com- competition that we had in the Northwest. Perry, let's move ahead to the USBC Open Championships. You and your partner there put together a very solid set uh, 1362 currently sitting in second place now at, at uh, out in Reno. Let's talk about things and, and um, what, what we've been hearing, and um, I'm sure Kendall can elaborate too. We've been hearing doubles and singles. The pattern seems to play a little bit tighter, but let's just talk about that and what I'll click for you guys in doubles that you were able to come out of the gates and, and put together such a strong set. Well, you know, we, we were talking about that because we both so poorly in team event, you know, and team event seems to be the pattern that everybody that everybody gets, you know, or the score is coming from, and and you know, after watching after the tournament's over and watching the couple guys we went off there with, uh, like the Delora guys, um, watching them struggle on our on our team pair, um, but anyways, you know, kind of leading into that, you know, doubles and singles, it was kind of like, all right, man, well, uh, it can't get any worse. So you know, we kind of had one of those full commitments, like, hey, let's full send it, let's just go get it. And just kind of the mental, um, you know, because we've had some success in this tournament as it is, you know, two uh, in 21, really we should have had an eagle. Um, I went up, you know, we need a double in the 10th, and I threw a really good shot and, and left a nine pin. And then, you know, leading into last year, we think we had like a top 10, top 15 finish. So we've really meshed well together when it comes to, you know, these doubles events here at the Open Championships and, you know, kind of going in knowing that they're, they're hard, knowing that um, – you know, they're not as gettable. Or, so I think we kind of, um, you know, kind of just kind of dialed in. We kind of talked about game plan, like, hey, let's, I'm committing to this. I mean, I'm good with whatever you want to accomplish here. He kind of jumped on board with what I was seeing. And then, you know, we kind of put together a set, you know, and uh, I just happened to get into that little mental, that little mental state where, you know, it's like the, a lot of the, the, you know, athletes get into where they just kind of, everything takes over and then kind of go unconscious a little bit. Um, so, you know, we just kind of committed to a game plan. We knew they're hard, you know, we knew we had to be on our, on our A game and, and, you know, kind of went out there and just, uh, committed to a, to what we, what we saw the lanes doing and, and, and just took advantage as much as we possibly could. You know, we've talked about this a few times in the past. I'm a big believer in, you know, when you have moments like this, it just really is a result of good preparation. So what is it when you have a block like this, you know, there's a lot of it that, that comes into that. So what does the preparation look like for you and your doubles partner and your whole team before leading up to an event? Are you very active on social media and talking a lot? Do you not chat a bunch? Like how does that preparation look like for you guys leading to an event like this? So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, leading up to it, you know, after they kind of stopped announcing the patterns, um, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of start to, to guess a little bit and see, um, you know, what, what things have normally been, you know, it's always been someone that 39 to 40 foot range, depending on drop rush, the ratios usually kind of stay around the same, you know, so we get there, we kind of, you know, we, we, we're not from, you know, the same areas, like Jade is from Nebraska right now. So, you know, he's in Nebraska. So we don't get a chance to practice a lot together. So a lot of our stuff, we actually prep during the week while we're there. 
So, like, we both Thursday, Friday this year. I get on Tuesday. He got on Tuesday, too. So, I, I went and did some watching at the uh, the National Bowling Stadium to kind of see what, 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 what the lanes are doing, both on team event and doubles and singles. Obviously, you try to find somebody who kind of throws it similar to you, you know, in terms of rev rate, ball speed, whatever. Um, you know, so I kind of prepped there, kind of give him my thoughts. He went and watched the set, too, kind of gave him his thoughts as well. Did a couple of practice sessions there at the, uh, the stadium. And then kind of just kind of put together from that perspective. For the most part, though, like our group of 10, we have kind of a ragtag group when it comes to location-wise, and we don't all get the chance to bowl with each other as much as we would possibly like to. So we take advantage of practice sessions to kind of go over, hey, what's your thoughts? What are you seeing? And then kind of, you know, take it from there. But for the most part, I usually get out there a day or two early, watch a little bit just to see, get some bowlers, general squads in, just to get an idea for that as well. And then kind of, you know, take it over from, from that. But it's kind of, you know, be able to communicate, trust each other when they're going to put the preparation in before they even get there in terms of practice. And then we all kind of meet up and just kind of talk through it. And like, like with anything, like, as you know, and, 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 and team competition, communication is key and also having the trust that people are putting the time and effort into it. Yeah, you um, regarding the Bowler's Journal, let's um, let's talk about that. You, you said you did a few squads. Would you say they're comparable? You know, it's supposed to be what you're bowling on for doubles and singles. Would you say that's that's the case this year? I know there's a, there's always sometimes some different variables and what have you, but would you say it's it's at least a, a fair idea and a fair representation of what's what what doubles and singles plays like? Yeah, I, I think this is the closest they've been in a long time, if I'm completely honest with you, because, you know, at South Point, the uh, the, the normal bowling center called compared to the tournament plaza is, uh, you know, a little bit different when it comes to how you can attack the lanes there. Um, but, yeah, I would say that they were pretty close. I mean, I've been, in all honesty, like my couple bowlers, you know, sets that I've had, I had 570 and 570. Uh, so it wasn't great. Um, so we kind of took that information there, made some adjustments, and happened to pop a set off, and then, took that into the next day too after our tournament was completed and, and put together a good set so i would say there's definitely um comparisons or they're comparable from from uh you know from the lanes that the bj is being um competed on compared, compared to the championship lanes i would say they're very they're they're closest that i've seen them in a long time so you know for the people listening you, you again you pulled at so many different levels you pulled on tv you, you won a collegiate level you you made a U.S. Open show. You know, it really seems like, you know, every time you lace them up, you're making some kind of impact in bowling. But what comes with that is, is high-pressure situations, you know, to be able to put yourself in position when an eagle multiple times. You've always done quite well in that moment. So people listening, what's something that you go through or your processes to really help you in those high-pressure situations? I think it's I, I'm I'm a real big mental I, in the last I'm gonna call it the last ten years I've really kind of taken a pride into mental preparation. I think a lot of it is you know being able to to mentally prepare. So that's what separates the greatest athletes from the okay athletes and the okay athletes compared to people who are unsuccessful is a mental outlook and and being able to prep themselves mentally when it comes to it. Like I've in those situations I've seen myself throw those shots. Um, four Eagles, four U.S. Open titles, hundreds of thousands of times that when I actually get to that position in that moment, it's another shot because I've seen myself do it so many times. You know, I, I look at it, you know, my, my dad is was the first one who really got me into um, the mental side of it and, and understanding that. And I thought he was crazy forever. 
But then after, after, you know, you get to that maturity level where it's like, oh, this makes sense. And you're able to commit to something because you've seen yourself do it. That moment doesn't seem to be as big. So when you see yourself in those situations, being able to then look and go, oh, you've done this a hundred thousand times in your head. This is another shot and good, good things are probably going to come, come to it because now you're confident in your abilities. You've seen yourself do it every single time and every shot that I throw as part of my pre-shot routine, I'm seeing the line, I'm seeing my shot, I'm seeing everything that comes to it. That way, when it gets up to the go come time to throw it, it's just like locked in, we're committed, everything's going to fall into place. Because like even with, with, with now, I don't get as much time in the lanes to practice and prepare as much as I would like. But I usually take more time to prep up mentally to get in the situations where my success level was a lot higher than it was if I wasn't committed mentally. Perry, you're working now as um, as a global service representative for Turbo Two and One Grip. So you you're not you know you you you're not on the tour bowling. You decided to take a different path than some folks have out of college, and we have a lot of listeners that are ending their college careers right now. And um, and they're gonna maybe try their hand out on the tour on the either the women's or men's tour. But what advice would you have to them if if maybe things don't go as planned out there? How they can still stay involved in the industry? And Kendall, you're in the same boat as this. You know, you're still involved in the industry, still able to go out and compete on a part time basis, weekend warrior type basis. But you're involved in in the sport you love and grew up grew up playing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, honestly, like I, I want people to chase their dreams. Like I went out and chased my dream there to be, to be a professional bowler, you know, 2016, 2017. That's really hard. Like that's those guys go out there and you know, that's the best of the best. Like it's, it's a very hard, um, you know, nut to crack. But I, I you know, I, I always tell everybody, go chase your dreams, go do it because you never want to live in the what ifs when it comes to, um, you know, your dreams and your passions. I don't want you to be looking 30 years down the road going, man, what if I actually did go chase it? Um, so I would tell people to go out and chase it. If they want to go go on the tour, go on the tour for a year or two. See what it does. And if it, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Like, you, got, it, you look at the NFL, you know, draft. You look at uh, MLB. There's a lot of players who get drafted, but they don't have a career in that, in that field or that, that sport but they still are involved some way or another. So like I'm very fortunate with my employer at turbo that I'm able to go out and compete, you know, in, in the masters, the U S opens open championships, weekend warrior stuff. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have that, but I would, you know, recommend or, or, or push anybody to go out and chase it. Doesn't work out. That's okay. But there's still ways to be involved. There's still ways to go out and do it. Just got to find your niche in that. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be here, you know, part of Turbo, like I said, but, you know, there's plenty of, of um, industry jobs out there that you can still be involved in this sport. And, um, you know, but I would just tell people to go out and chase it because you never want to be in the what ifs. That's some fantastic information, Perry, and I really appreciate you saying that the way you did because that's a, that's a lot of value to, you know, not only college bowlers, but, you know, youth and even people just out of there. So that's, Thank you so much for sharing. And kind of leads into my next question I'd love to ask is, you know, again, you bowled on so many different levels, and it seems like, you know, for the age you're at, you have years of, of, of growth and of experience on your hands. So, you know, when I love that as a question. You know, what's one piece of advice that you would give maybe freshman year or youth Perry now with what you've learned at this point in your career? 
I would, I would say that, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing I would tell myself is, is, you know, I would, I would live, really live on, on, on shots. I would really live on, you know, everything was bigger than what it really was. Um, you know, in every moment would be that way when really it's just another, another step in our, in our story. It's another, another obstacle. It's another, another chapter, um, for the story that we're writing. So if I, if I had to look back on myself, you know, 20 years ago when I'm a high school senior, if I'm looking at myself, um, you know, even 10 years ago as a college senior, like I would just tell myself to just enjoy the moment because you never know when you're going to have it again. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent doesn't matter. Um, because those moments, not everybody gets the opportunity to enjoy them or experience them. And I, I look back on 2019 to my, my first international tournament with Team USA. It did not go very well at all. But um, looking back on it, though, uh, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life. And I look at it going, it, you know, you got to wear USA on your back for, for you know, once one time. Like, not everybody gets to experience that. So as 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 poorly as the performance went, you still got that opportunity that not many people get the chance to do. So I would look back and tell people or tell myself that enjoy every moment because you never know when it's going to be your last one. And I'm still chasing that, that moment. Like you're always chasing those dreams, but you always want to be in a position where you look at it with no regrets, no doubts, no nothing. You want to be in that situation where you look back on, you know what? I did it. Good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter. Like, you got that opportunity. Um, but I would just, you know, treat a moment as a moment. Let it be just another, another you know, story or another chapter in your story. And and whatever happens, happens. Well, and on that note, Perry, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Storm Collegian Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck moving forward. And um, and we will be catching up with you again down the road. It was a fun conversation. And um, I'm guessing you probably hope your your score hangs on for, what, a top 10 finish? Is that what, what you guys are thinking? Would you be happy with? Yeah, we, we talked about it. I mean, we left a lot of pins out there. But, yeah, when we, when we got done bowling, like, well, it's not going to be enough. It's cool to walk out of there with your name on top of the leaderboard because you can't win if you don't have that. But, yeah, we're hoping for a top ten. Um, not another little feather in our cap there, you know, to kind of keep our run together going. So, I mean, top ten would be great. Even top 20 would be great. I mean, we're just, just uh, you know, trying to keep in, in double digits at that point. But I appreciate you guys having me, though. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed this very much, and I look forward to uh, hopefully future conversations with you guys.